Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Ben, this week's cold opening comes from usatoday.com. With results still coming in from Tuesday's midterm elections, one thing is clear. There was no red wave for Republicans. Despite disapproval of Joe Biden, historical trends and near 40-year record inflation, Democrats fared far better than pundits had predicted. Let me do a little promotion before I take this deep dive uh, on this cold opening. I urge everybody uh, who's into politics, and if you're listening to this humble little podcast, you're definitely into politics, uh, to listen to tomorrow's interview with David Ferris. Man. Did he take the deep dive? It's for political junkies. And uh, he did a great job of breaking down an analysis of what went down on Tuesday. Uh, and so, D, let me tell you this right now. The pollsters, this is a game. This is a scam being perpetrated on the American people. We fall for it year after year after year. They're selling us something. And I'm not, I'm not even blaming the pollsters themselves. Okay, let me just remove from this equation, like, the total geeks that do the polls, they're just looking for a reading of where America's at. This is really on the people who interpret the readings or the one, the con artists who come up with fake polls. And it is so clear that it is an important strategy of the Republican Party to send out this message that the Republicans are overtaking the country. And just as clear, it's just as obvious that it's a key strategy apart on Democratic operatives to feed the anxiety and fear of the Dems that, yes, Republicans are taking over the country. So you have two sets of propagandists feeding the same message. One is feeding the message to embolden its MAGA ranks to think like history is on their side. And the other is uh, intended by Democratic operatives to feed the anxiety of Democratic voters to believe that, oh, my God, if I don't get a vote, if I don't give money, all is lost. And the, the result of this, D, is a classic misreading. It's been going on way, way or the other since 2016 when it went the other way. You know what I'm saying? Although, by the way, I can remember, you know, it's funny, like the standard interpretation of 2016 is that Donald Trump, but Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Donald Trump, Donald Trump's uh, election night win stunned Democrats. Yeah, they were stunned. But I remember a lot of Democrats going, the week the, the weekend before, do you think it can happen? Do you think it can happen? So they were already working them way up to be anxious. But this is where we are, D. They just feed this these polls. They they put the they put freaking polls that are just lies out there. How many times did we talk? We talked on this show. But remember the one? Yeah. Bailey's pulled within five percent points. I went to DraftKings and lost a ton of money on that one after that. <laughs> oh my God, America! You we are a weird people. That's all I'm gonna say. We're. There's just open games of propaganda on both sides. We're totally susceptible to it. Those of us who are following this thing at all, 
And by the way, can I just say one thing? D? Well, sure, sure, you can say whatever you want. Thank you, D. It's called opening. Um, yeah, I just I've been taking a deep dive in the numbers. You know, I'm obsessive and weird. I admit it. Uh, I'm like a poor man, Steve Kornacki. Uh, but anyway, uh, the 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 turnout in Chicago was like forty two percent, if that, below forty two, like forty one point five or something like that. Anyway, the point is, it's like all this furious anxiety in the part of people like myself, all this chest pounding on the part of people like Dan Proft and MAGA, the overwhelming 59% of people in the city of Chicago are like, boring. <laughs> they didn't even vote, D. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just like a corner of America that's like deciding these big issues that shape us. So, yeah. Yeah, there was no red wave. To quote Monroe, it was a pink trickle. It wasn't even that. It, it now look pretty much looks like the the Dems will keep the Senate. Uh, D- Dave Wasserman has already predicted that they'll win Arizona, and it's just a matter of time, I think, before the prediction comes in on uh, Nevada. And Lord knows who's going to win the House because they're still counting votes out in California. And, again, it reminds me of the Brian Regan uh, bit that I sent Dennis in which he uh, – did not watch. That's another story. Anyway, Brian Regan, great comedian, does this comic bit about he's calling the phone company, wants to turn on his phone. And they're like, well, we could do it in about two weeks or something. He goes, well, well, well. oh, you have to send the man out. They go, no, all you have to do is flick a switch. He goes, well, why don't you just flick the switch now? <laughs> but I feel like Brian Regan in that comedy bit, as I watch them count votes, like at glacial pace in California and Colorado and Nevada and Arizona and Washington and Oregon. Guys, what? You don't have computers out there? <laughs> I thought that's where tech was. You know, the, you know I thought that's where like the, all those little tech gurus were with the little computers. You know, isn't that where you are? You can't figure it out. We have to flick this switch and it's going to take us two weeks. So just sit tight, ladies and gentlemen. So, yes, D, there was no red wave. It was just a canard that we took. We swallowed hook, line, and sinker. Fantastic cold opening. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, November 11th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of reefer to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. It is Friday, November 11th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this I Don't Love New York Friday, and here's why. One of the guys I'm taking <laughs> is I Don't Love New York, particularly their Dems. God. We just got finished talking, D, or I did got finished riffing about how uh, the red wave uh, was at best a pink trickle, probably not even that. 
the only bright spot for Republicans in the national election, the only significant bright spot for them, I should say, is New York, uh, where they prevailed and they flipped, I think, four congressional districts. Uh, and that is all because of the redistricting game. I think I'm going to get into that a little later in the show. Uh, but Democrats in New York, you guys have won the coveted Ben Jarofsky award for being the most worthless political party in the country. Good God. I know I complain about Chicago Democrats all the time, but Chicago Democrats and Illinois Democrats know how to play the game in New York city. You guys have not, not in New York state. I should say you have not figured out the game of gerrymandering. You, the Republicans are gerrymandering Democrats all over the country, gerrymandering them out of existence in state after state and state of New York. They're so clueless. They draw a map that benefits the Republicans. I have never seen a dumber collective of politicos ever in the history of the game of politics. They cut their own throats. They did it voluntarily. And that's because you guys followed Andrew Cuomo off a cliff, by the way, New York Dems. Why you love that guy so much, I don't know. I know Dee's going to say, Ben, there was that one moment where you were kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There was that one moment. All right, I admit, I stand by that. He was doing those TV shows. I just go, D, you know, Cuomo's pretty good in these TV shows. I think Dennis goes, yeah, don't fall for it. I said, I don't know. I think I see nipple rings on that guy. It looked (laughs) like he had nipple rings to his shirt. Oh, the two of them were such bozos. Anyway, but in my in my defense, it only lasted like a week, D. All right, give me credit. Maybe two tops. And then I was like, what a phony this guy is. But New York Dems, oh, that's a guy. Andrew Cuomo. I mean, they gave him an Emmy. You weren't the only one to get fooled. Oh man, I listen, that Emmy. They should I've off I've already said this. The Emmy needs a timeout. No Emmys for two years for giving Andrew Cuomo. Did he really get an Emmy? I put that out of my yeah, mind. Yeah, for uh, his uh, press conferences. That is a disgrace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What a con artist. And you Emmy people gave him an Emmy. That's where we were in the middle of the pandemic. Like we were just, we all lost our minds. I'm going to defend the Emmy people. They lost their minds. Actually, that's a a, a really feeble defense. Anyway, New York Dems gerrymandered themselves out of existence. The Republicans didn't do it. The Dems did it. You're worthless, New York Dems. Absolutely worthless. How to get that off my chest, D. Now, without further ado, I turn things over to the man of myth, the legend, the prime joy of all Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. With oh, what a week. Thank God. I thought I was going to have to know about New York politics for a second. <laughs> like, dude, I don't, don't know worry. that. I know Illinois. Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Chicago, and we begin with our newest mayoral candidate. A 2023 Chicago mayoral candidate update. I'm announcing my candidacy for mayor of the city. <laughs> Now, if you listen closely, you can hear a giant collective gulp from the Lori Lightfoot for Mayor campaign. Meet the mayor's latest challenger, Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia. Chuy Garcia was born in Mexico and moved to the United States in 1965. His family lived in Little Village, and Garcia worked with labor activist Rudy Lozano. Ben, who is that? Rudy Lozano, who's that? Rudy Lozano, uh, may rest in peace, was killed uh, in 1984. He was... uh Chuy Garcia's mentor. Uh, He was a union leader and he was running. He ran unsuccessfully uh, for alderman in the 83 election in the 22nd ward. I had to draw that uh, out of my memory bound. Uh, And um, uh, and 
then about a year later, man, not even that, he was shot uh, by a, a, allegedly by a gang member. There's a guy in jail for the shooting, uh, and then Chewy sort of was promoted in his in his wake uh, to be the leader of the 22nd Ward Independent Movement. And for ten trivia points, who was Chewy's top aide who followed Chewy into that position? Carlos Ramirez after- Rosa. No. <laughs> I give you credit for just confidently, boldly saying something, even if it was wrong. No, your old friend, your good friend, Rick Munoz. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, your old friend. Remember Rick? Oh, yeah. Didn't work out too well for Rick in politics, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, well, so uh, that's uh, who Rudy Lozano was. Garcia was 22nd Ward Alderman from 1986 to 1993. He was an ally to then-Mayor Harold Washington during his time in city council, including toward the end of the infamous Council Wars. Ben, don't go talking about the council wars. we got to focus on it today. Garcia then served in the Illinois Senate from 1993 to 1999, leaving office after an election defeat. He spent some time on the Cook County Board. Then he made a close to successful run for mayor back in 2015 against then-Mayor Rahm Emanuel. They went into a runoff. And since then, he has been a congressman. Ben, of what district? Well, he's the the third congressional district, isn't he? Or is he the, uh, I've lost track, fourth. But... The um, uh, you forgot that he was also on the Cook County Board of Commissioners. They kind of left that whole part out of it. You know what I mean? His comeback was before he became congressman. Uh, he was at the County Board of Commissioners. Here I am editing some article that I. <laughs> uh, you made a mistake. <laughs> Not really a mistake. It's kind of like a oversight, I guess. So yeah, he ran for mayor, and he's taken one more shot at it now. Of course, because everyone, for some reason, does this when they're running for an election. Chewy put some money together and got himself a sweet stoic announcement video. Cue the slow piano music. I'm Chewy Garcia. Little Village on the Southwest Side has been my home for over 55 years. It's where I met the love of my life, my wife Evelyn, and it's where we raised our three children. And I say, now is the time to revitalize our communities, strengthen our schools, and bring safety back to our streets. That's why I'm announcing my campaign for mayor of Chicago. I believe in a Chicago for everyone. The same Chicago that welcomed me as a nine-year-old immigrant boy and gave me a chance to dream big. As our movement did 40 years ago when Harold Washington announced his run for mayor, we're standing together to say it's time for City Hall to work on behalf of all its people. A mayor that will bring us together and unite us instead of driving us apart. I intend to be that mayor, a mayor for all. That's what this campaign is all about, building a brighter future for Chicago together. I hope you will join me. heard one you heard them all <laughs> i feel like i've heard that like 30 times i know the little music. he was a little more upbeat than some of them you know what i mean he was a little more upbeat than others like it's like a dirge yes i'm right. dr d and i'm running for mayor of chicago oh, my ads would never sound like that all right you'd see me munching on a pizza there'd be like it we'd be partying all right it'd be a bong in the background all right we're not doing that okay but uh, no, uh, Chewy Garcia there. I bet like, you know, there's a time of the year where like piano players now, it's like, oh, it's election season, honey. Oh, I'll be back in a few months. I got to make some political ads. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the soft piano in the background is, is really, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know what it's supposed to inspire, like a feeling that the person 
understands you and relates to you. I, I really don't understand. There's some, I'm sure there's some psychological uh, logic behind it and that we would need to bring a doctor into the house to explain it. Well, now a poll came out on Halloween showing that Jesus Chewy Garcia would easily defeat Mayor Lori Lightfoot in a runoff. And he's the only top challenger who'd win in a head-to-head matchup. Now, this poll was bankrolled by Chewy himself, but nevertheless. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now to the mayor's office. Time for Lightfoot to strategize. So, her typical move so far when someone has announced they're running in the race is to have one of your spokespeople go on Twitter and just trash them. (laughs) But obviously, Chewy Garcia is way more likable than she is. Would trashing Chewy be the right strategy? Well, I guess we'll find out soon enough because here's the tweet from a Lightfoot spokesperson. This here, while Mayor Lightfoot is doing the hard work of leading our city through challenging times, career politician... Garcia is prioritizing his own ambitions. Mr. Garcia spent months dithering on whether to get in this race, saying publicly he'd only run if Democrats lost the House. Now, a mere 36 hours after voters re-elected him to Congress and as Republicans prepare to use their new slim majority to strip away our rights, Mr. Garcia, he's abandoning ship and going after a fellow progressive Democrat. That's not the tough, principled leadership our city needs. (laughs) Oh, God. Is there more to the, that statement, D? That's it. That's all the statement I got here. But I'm really curious to hear your thoughts here because, yeah, like Chewy Garcia, very nice, very jovial, friendly. Like, is this the right campaign strategy to just start attacking Chewy Garcia? Uh, well, I when you ask me, there's a, the, the, the question really has two answers. One, is it the right in terms of tactics that is most likely to prevail? And is it right in terms of morally correct? You know what I'm saying? Or ethically correct. I think that's where you're going at. And I would say to the answer, a resounding no. It's everything that's wrong with politics today. You have to besmirch the reputation and the character and the name of the person who dares to challenge you. And they always talk in politics. This And strategists, oh my God, the aftermath of a political campaign in some ways is more annoying than the campaign itself. Because some of the things that, that they put out there so, for instance, with Darren Bailey and JB, we'll probably get into this more. JB was successful at filling in the blank that was Darren Bailey. Like, Darren Bailey was a blank slate. Hello? That's who Darren Bailey was. He was a right-wing MAGA man. That's who he was. There was no blank to fill in. That's who he was. Now, they're going to turn uh, Jesus Chewy Garcia into, what? I don't know, uh, like a career politician. What? So what? That's like saying Ben's a career journalist. Yeah, that's my career. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, he's a politician. That's his career. Wait a minute. The guy worked hard at something and became good at something, and now that's not a quality? You ever notice that, D? Like, people go, I am not a politician. Like, my good friend Sue Sadlowski Cars always said, Ben, I'm not a, always gets mad at me. I'm not a politician. What? What are you then? Of course you're a politician. You're running for political office. You're a very definition of a Lori Lightfoot is a politician. She's not a career politician. I don't know. Sure seems like she's been in politics for most of this century, one way or the other. She's an appointee by the mayor. And then she ran for office as soon as it was convenient to run for office. I don't like. But in the minds of the voters, a career I don't want a career politician. I want someone like Trump. Remember, Trump wasn't a politician. Remember, D? He's a businessman. We need a businessman to clean up America. 
Donald Trump is a hell of a politician. He's really good at politics. He figured it out a long time ago. This notion about career politician is like, oh, that's bad, career politician. Whoever wrote that, I don't know who wrote it, is a career politician. Or they, they're a careerist who's worked for politicians. But suddenly they're bad. Wow, it's like a self-hating thing. I hate myself. Career politician. So, yes, you're absolutely correct, D, uh, that she's going to go low. Because as we have learned, going low is generally the trick to winning an election. Michelle Obama, advice to the contrary. The dirtier you are, the muddier the campaign, the more elbows you throw, the greater the chance you're going to win. That's how it works in America. We don't seem to be wanting to change it anytime soon. So, of course, she's going to, is it the right moral or ethic? ethical thing to do is going to help our city come together and like put aside our political differences to work for the common good. You know, all that stuff we say, we believe in, uh, -uh. (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Before this race is over, there's politicians are going to try to divide blacks from Latinos. You watch it's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, it's almost there. It's going to happen. We're going to see it. We're going to be reminded about the horrific comments that the president of the uh, Los Angeles city council made regarding black people, gay people, a child of a, a, an adopted black kid who was from a a white gay couple. We're going to hear all of that stuff. Anything to divide us play one faction against another faction, fill the city with even more hate. And then when it's all over, they go, why is there so much violence in Chicago? I am stunned. Why is it? Because rhetorically you guys are part of the problem. Y'all like, all you care about is winning. I want to win. I will destroy my opposition. It's, it would be funny. It is kind of funny, but the outcome wasn't so sad. So, yes, she's going to freaking trash Chewy Garcia, and he's going to try to stay above the trashing. If I had to put money against going low in an election, I think I'd be broke. So you seem to be more in the Michelle Obama camp. And I, I, you're saying, and I understand what you're saying, that uh, like attacking Chewy is sort of like attacking JB. We used to talk about this all the time in 2018. They were all pounding. Remember JB had like four? I can't remember how many uh, in the primary. Four opponents, they were pounding him. You know, he's, they were every little thing they could find about him. There was quite a bit you could find about him. Let's not talk yeah. about toilet bowl gate anymore. Uh, and they were just pound, pound, pound. And you know what? Big feller won. Now it helped that he had a lot of money. Okay, good point. I like that's a very good point you raised, even though you didn't raise, I raised it. Uh, but uh, and I don't, Chewy doesn't have as much money uh, as JB did. Uh, so, but. I think that the most successful route and the easiest route in politics today is to go low. And so uh, that's uh, where uh, Lori Lightfoot's campaign is going to go. I fear they're going to continue to go there. I hope it doesn't work. Well, regardless, I know one person who's happy about this, Paul Vallis. He's like, shoo, good Lord, please leave me alone, lady. Oh, Listen, Lori Lightfoot's dream candidate is Paul Vallis. Yeah, she tried, like, bailing uh, Paul yeah, Vallis. Yeah. Well, Paul Vallis has gone over to the MAGA side a little bit. He's flirting with the MAGA side. Uh, and um, so, like, if it's Lori Lightfoot versus Paul Vallis, she will turn him, him into the second coming of Donald Trump. 
and John Catanzaro. And he works for John Catanzaro's union or he buys John Catanzaro's union. So that's what he'll uh, she'll do to him. So she's like, please, please, please let it be a runoff between me and Paul Vallis. But I don't think that's going to happen, D. I don't think uh, Paul Vallis. Well, he's got the right, you know, he's got a lane. Remember we talked about that? <laughs> it's yes. a lane. It's a lane. It's a lane. He's got a lane. He's got a lane to get to the, again, the runoff. We talked about this yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. You just need like 15% of the vote. You get in that runoff. You're one of the top two. Paul Vallis, all he needs is MAGA's vote. Let me look, D. MAGA, DB got 16% of the vote in the city of Chicago. If all those DB voters vote for PV, like that, DB, PV, like yeah. that. <laughs> no, I don't even like it, and yeah. I said it. Sounds like uh, something you get at the doctor. <laughs> then he's in the runoff. That's his lane, MAGA. Paul Vallis, if you want to make the runoff, I urge you to go full va- MAGA. But then there's Willie Wilson running. And, you know, Willie's a Republican. I mean, he likes to duck and dodge it a little bit, but he is a Republican. He voted for Trump. So Willie's kind of in Paul's lane. And Paul's like, could, Willie, could you get out of my lane, please? Right. Get out of my lane. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, – there is a chance that uh, Paul Vallis uh, could uh, make the run. If, uh, if I'm Lori Lightfoot, uh, I would pull a Pritzker and just promote the hell of Paul Vallis as a MAGA man. And then all the MAGA guys, remember how it worked for Pritzker, D? The MAGA guys go, oh, sounds like my kind of guy. And they'll vote for him. And then she's like, yes, a candidate I can beat. <laughs> all your other candidates, how are they feeling this week? Alderman Raymond Lopez, you know, I love you, even though we don't see eye to eye on anything, uh, you know, national politics, I guess. But how, how about Brandon Johnson? Uh, a, Sorry. OK, well, not a good day for Raymond Lopez. OK, obviously, uh, Jesus Chuy Garcia is uh, the most prominent Latino all, uh, can- politician in the city of Chicago, and he's going to get the lion's share of the Latino vote. So not a great day for Raymond Lopez. Uh, I urge Raymond Lopez. I don't know, Raylo, just. Just run for alderman again. You're actually really coming into your own, I think, as an alderman. So not a great day for him. Uh, Brandon Johnson, that that's – did you mention Brandon Johnson? Is that what you said? Yes. That's, this is – okay, so this is my beloved lefties, just not on the same page at all. And this is another fight that's going to come up. So, uh, you know, see, the Chicago teacher – Chewy Garcia owes his political career to Karen Lewis and the Chicago Teachers Union. He was on the political scrap heap here in the city of Chicago, a relatively unknown Cook County commissioner, largely known only to people like me who remember council wars, remember how the Harold Washington years, most millennials had never heard of him before when Karen Lewis could not run for mayor. She was sick and she plucked him from anonymity and gave him her support and that launched his campaign, fell short. He wasn't ready for it. It's pretty clear. And he was up against all of corporate Chicago. Everyone just fell in lines like lemmings, walked off a cliff for uh, Rom. And then they played up the black Latino rivalry. And that was pretty much the kiss of death. But so obviously, D, he needs Chicago Teacher Union support to really be a powerful candidate because they are the largest 
uh, most significant lefty union in the city of Chicago. And he dithered so long that they said, the hell with it. We're going with our own guy, Brandon Johnson. So now they're kind of in the same lane. Lefties. If you're a lefty, like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> I'm a confused, befuddled lefty. Now, I think most hardcore lefties are going to go with Brandon. Okay? But, you know, in order to get the hardcore lefties to go with uh, Brandon, Brandon's probably going to start attacking Chewy. And then Chewy will start attacking Brandon. And guess what? We'll have a situation where, you know, Carl, look how our good friend, Alderman Carlos Maria's Rose is already attacking Chewy. You got what I'm saying? And I saw his tweet that went out there. So, you know, D, it's not good news for people, lefties, in my humble opinion, to be fighting among themselves. I've been getting uh, text messages from leftists trashing Chewy. They're <laughs> already trashing the guy. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah. That uh, helps Lori Lightfoot when the left is at odds with each other. Does not help the left. Welcome to lefty land where I've inhabited D for my entire life. And just watch one leftist beat up another leftist. You're not pure enough. All right. And what about this poll? All right. Uh, oh, the poll. On, that was a chewy poll. <laughs> all right. So listen, here's the deal. All candidates do polls. In fact, Pete Cunningham yesterday, Peter Cunningham on the show yesterday, PC, uh, Arnie Duncan's close friend and ally, talked about a poll that Arnie Duncan did. Remember that, D? Now, I happen to believe that these are uh, these are not cheating polls because I think candidates are making their decisions, whether to run or not, on what the polls tell them. You get what I mean? So Arnie Duncan had to decide, do I have a path to victory? Do I have a lane to victory? Uh, and so he needed a poll. He didn't need propaganda. He needed something resembling more or less objective truth. So pretty much all the polls that these candidates do, surveying the scene to see if it's if they should run. Quigley's poll, remember Congressman Mike Quigley had a poll. Uh, Arnie Duncan's poll, Chewy Garcia's poll, say the same thing, that Lori Lightfoot is vulnerable. All right. And that uh, at least at this point, before the uh, propaganda pounding begins, they, Quigley, Duncan, uh, and um, Chewy Garcia, have a lane. So I believe that polls uh, valid. However, that poll was commissioned before Lori Lightfoot started emanating, you know, attacks on uh, Chewy Garcia. So once you start going negative, you ever notice that the popularity goes down, popularity falls, popularity falls. So I think that poll shows that uh, it's worth Chewy Garcia's while to get in the race, that he has a good chance of winning this. Uh, but it by no means predicts. It's by no means absolute. It's just a starting point. Now let's move to the state of Illinois. And hey, how about that Illinois general election? I am so thrilled to spend four <laughs> more years as your governor. Hey, not now, JB. We'll get to you in a minute. But yes, Tuesday was election day. Did the red wave come through Illinois? No, not really. Ben, your overall thoughts. Are you happy with Tuesday's outcome? Are there any results that disappoint you? And what will it take to get you to run for Congress in your district next time around? Nothing. There's no. nothing, absolutely nothing that will ever get me to run for anything except for bed at night when I'm tired. 
Tuesday's about morning, actually, 2.30 in the morning. But, uh, yeah, I was, you come on, I was doing cartwheels. I told you, as I said, I first time ever watched MSNBC. Never. <laughs> I really went in the liberal land. As, uh, I forget, was, am I quoting Monroe or my daughter? One of my daughters. I think they said uh, MSNBC is porn for liberals. I'm like, whoa, yeah, more. I love it. I love porn. Okay, Dad. Hold on. Well, <laughs> I guess I that. love porn. Yeah. And then the neighbor walks by. Okay, no. <laughs> that was Dennis, ladies and gentlemen. Who said that? That was Dennis. <laughs> he loves porn, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so it's true. I, I, uh, I, I was very satisfied, yes, with this. I mean, we had Jacob Kaplan on, the uh, executive director of Cook County uh, Democratic Party, and he was feeling pretty good on, what was it, Wednesday with Monroe. Uh, and it was just so satisfying, D, uh, to to see the results. Yeah, Illinois is such a blue state. It really is remarkable. And I've now taken deep dives, which really cries for help. I know I've trying to sh- share this with you and you're like, Ben, please don't. Okay. But D do you realize there are Democrats downstate? No, seriously, man, Madison County. Did you know that Alton Winford that is like, Ben, I'm an, I'm a new father. I have a child. I <laughs> very busy changing diapers. I don't have time for your obsessive talks about downstate Dems, but this is a blue state. And the, the Republicans really did a lot of dirty dealing, in my humble opinion, that such an ugly campaign uh, that da- Darren Bailey and his cohorts ran trying to scare us into voting for them. And they didn't offer anything of substance, like a program or an idea or a thought. It's just scare, scare, scare. And so I'm glad it lo- they lost. And the Democrats, D, I mean, I got to give them credit. The game of politics, I, I began the show by chiding the New York Dems. It's just absolutely clueless bunch of incompetence when it came to map making. But D, the Dems, man, they were like Mitch McConnell. They played the game like Republicans with this map, this congressional map. But this congressional, what you do when you draw, uh, redivide a state after a census, ladies and gentlemen, is you try to pack your opposition into just a relative handful of, of districts so you minimize their voting power. And what you do is you spread your uh, supporters throughout as many districts as you can so you maximize your voting power. And the Dems did that so successful. For instance, like Mary Miller the right-wing uh, congresswoman from downstate, she won 71% of the vote. A convincing, smashing triumph for her. Uh, Darren LaHood won 66.6% of the vote. Uh, and uh, your favorite uh, congressman, Mike Boss, I'm sick of it, uh, won 76. So in each case, at least 66% of the people, it was a, like a total landslide. In contrast, Bill Foster, 56% of the vote. Raja, 56% of the vote. Lauren Underwood, 54% of the vote. In other words, smaller margins of victory, D, because you spread Democrat voters out throughout many districts, you win more districts. It's 101 of gerrymandering. And the Democrats were pretty good at it. And so as a result, we have a Democratic congressional slate from Illinois going to Washington. And if Nancy Pelosi prevails and the Dems hold on to Congress, they can thank Chris Welch and the map makers in Illinois. 
Yeah, we didn't need Madigan. Hey, Dems, this is something else. All those years ago, we need Madigan. We need Michael Joseph Madigan. He's the only one who knows how to play the game. Oh, Chris Welch shows you know how to play the game, too. He's not quieter about it. He pretends he's not playing the game when he's playing the game. You ever notice that? Like Chris Welch goes, well, it's a fair map. We listen to our colleagues on the other side of the alley. <laughs> Come on, Chris. How you can say that with a straight face? But you know what? Tip of the hat to Chris Welch and the map makers because – that was a very successful night for them. Uh, and they shall have some kind of resolution. If Nancy, hey, Nancy Pelosi, if you prevail in the Congress, and right now it could happen. I love this. Hard is it to believe they're still counting votes out uh, uh, on Cali and Washington. If you prevail, you got to do something for Chris Wells. I don't know. Buy him dinner, you know, steak dinner, whatever he likes to eat. Get, let him get the surf and turf. Don't be cheap. All right, Nancy Pelosi. So that's what I think. Very, uh, very satisfying night for a lefty like me. Well, I'm just saying we'd get a lot more listeners if you ran for Congress, all right? The left-wing hippie podcast host. Come on, man. I can see those commercials now. (laughs) That's pretty funny, D. (laughs) All right, let's uh, cover a couple of the popular races, and we'll get to the governor's race. All right, first up to the 14th Congressional District. Four years ago, I told you that we... JB, did you not hear what I just said? (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's go to the 14th district. Congratulations are in order for Lauren Underwood. She defeated her Republican challenger, one Scott Grider, 53.7% of the vote to 46.3. Here's Underwood right after the victory. Hey, Lauren Underwood. Ah! to see you all here and thank you from the bottom of my heart for your dedication, for your hard work, for the sweat, (laughs) for the tears that you have poured into this campaign. Now hopefully there weren't too many tears, but thank you. This victory tonight belongs to each of you. I hope you take the time to celebrate it because we've earned it. Every one of you have poured so much into our campaign and you've inspired me to do the same. We have so, so much to be proud of tonight with the new map. Lauren Underwood. With the new map, yes. Uh, and Lauren Underwood, uh, you know, D, I've always been a big fan of Lauren Underwood. And uh, I was cheering her on when she won in 2018 in her first election. Uh, and I've watched the Republicans. It just it infuriates them that she was victorious. And it's just her victory shows how much DuPage County and those western suburbs are changing demographically. And they're becoming more and more blue, bluer more and more liberal and she's such a skillful politician yeah it's okay to be a politician Lori lightfoot all right career she's by the way you're gonna rip lauren underwood for being a career politician you know she started off as a nurse and pretty much she looks like a politician to me nothing wrong with being a politician so she's a very skillful um, uh, candidate and uh you know, they, they just throw everything they can at her, and she keeps prevailing, knows how to play the game. So uh, big shout-out to Lauren Underwood. What do you see this? From Naperville's own Lauren Underwood. Where do you see her in a few years? Well, I believe she loves politics, and uh, so the most obvious um, future for her is running for Senate someday. And I see her as like a Tammy Duckworth type. I do believe she'd be a strong 
uh, candidate statewide uh, for Senate. And I think that would be uh, the most logical choice for her if she was thinking of going to another office. If she stays in Congress and the Democrats hold, uh, she could become a very powerful player in Congress. So it's really up to her. She's got a great future. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you ask me, I, my guess is that she's probably one of those people waiting for a, uh, Dick Durbin to make up his decision, make up his mind as to, you know, when he fa- eventually steps down uh, as a senator here in Illinois. All right. Moving on to the battle in the sixth congressional district where the Democratic incumbent was victorious. Yes. Sean Caston beat out his Republican challenger, Keith Pikau, 53.9 percent of the vote to 46.1. Sean Caston, what do you have to say after the big win? Well, we won. (laughs) Again. Um, I just had a very gracious call from Mayor Pico and and just delighted to be here. There are so many people to thank. Um, We're going to see what happens on the national races, but um, this is a... Feeling good. There's another one. 2018, he beat Peter Roscom. And, uh, you know, again, DuPage DuPage County has significantly changed. The demographics have changed. It's just a different county than the one that existed, obviously, uh, when I was coming of age uh, in the 70s. And that's just a reality. And Republicans have absolutely no clue. And Jim Durkin... Uh, the outgoing uh, Republican minority leader in the uh, uh, state house s- sort of agree with me on this. I've been saying this for a long time. Republicans have no clue how to do an outreach to voters in DuPage County because your pocketbook issues may be successful with them. They may be against taxes. They may not want to pay taxes unless it's local property taxes, which fortifies great school system. But you are so far to the right on on uh, cultural issues. You're so out of touch with them, particularly on the issue of uh, abortion, that you're already starting every race like five feet behind. And when Jeannie Ives is the champion of Republican politics in DuPage County, you are really out of touch. And so I don't know if the Republican Party in that neck of the woods, D, uh, can make the changes that are necessary to compete uh, in those districts against a Sean Caston or a Lauren Underwood. Uh, but they absolutely have to. They have to be a, a more moderate party. They can't be as um, pro-Trump MAGA as they are. They've allowed themselves to be too far removed from where people are uh, in that district, particularly on cultural wars. Yeah, which is like there there's so many school board races they're trying to fight the culture wars that Ron DeSantis is fighting in Florida. It may work in Florida. Florida is a different entity than uh Naperville is these days. And so uh until Republicans change their evil ways to quote Carlos Santana, uh I think Sean Castens of the world will prevail. All right, Sean Caston, successful in the 6th Congressional District. Better look next time, Keith Pikau. There's a part of me that wants to vent over all the lies that my wife and I have endured. I'm quite frankly a campaign full of them. Um, but a supporter reminded me in an email of Abraham Lincoln's words in his second inaugural address. With malice towards none and charity for all, 
with firmness in the right as God gives us to see the right. Let us strive on to finish the work we are in to bind up the nation's wounds. Sorry, I'm a little crowded here with the mics. No, the microphones. Oh, you're done. <laughs> well, you know, that's kind of a start. Remember I just said they have to change their evil ways. So that's it. Quoting Lincoln is a good start. You know what I mean? It's just the land of Lincoln. All right. You know, well, Abraham Lincoln would have been kicked out of the, could you imagine Donald Trump with Abraham Lincoln? Oh, I can't do a Donald Trump. I, you know what? I can't do Trump. And I said, one of the many things I sent Dennis that uh, I'm not sure he's uh, looked at is frankly, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Frankly. <laughs> Uh, frankly, <laughs> so you mentioned Trump with Lincoln. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, Peacow, it's a, a good start quoting Abraham Lincoln. You know what I mean? Well, the land of Lincoln, you know, the party of Lincoln. Yeah. You know, at least you didn't quote Trump. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, I wanted to trash and trounce my opposition, even though the election's over, but I'm going to quote Donald Trump. What? What? <laughs> Huh? So at least, you know, you're right, heading in the right direction. You're quoting Lincoln and not Trump. So good, good decision. Very Mayor true. Pete. Very true. Next up. And as we speak, thousands of DMVs across the state are wiping off the dust off that 20 year old picture of Jesse White and replacing it with our new secretary of state. Congratulations to Alexi Janulius. He defeated top Republican challenger Dan Brady. 53.6% of the vote to 44.3%. Let's hear from a victorious Alexi Janulius. If there is anyone out there who still doubts that America is a place where all things are possible. Sorry, one last time, had to do it. All right, seriously, here's Alexi Janulius. Tonight, more than 200 years after a former colleague. Right, I can't say, I can't help myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Here's Alexi. After a long journey that started over two years ago, speaking to thousands of you over the course of several months on Zoom in the middle of COVID, it is such a breathtaking feeling to share this moment uh, with all of you. And it is an absolute privilege and honor to be the first person in 24 years to be able to say thank you to the people of Illinois for making me the next. Got a little emotional there. Yeah. Uh, and the joke uh, that's now two years old, which I really never tire of. Uh, even I, even doing this, I start doing it. Is that uh, Alexi Janulia sounds so much like Barack Obama. I studied Barack Obama much the way Kobe Bryant studied Michael Jordan. Kobe, you know, basketball fans out there know what I'm talking about. Kobe Bryant had he, he walked like Jordan, he talked like Jordan, and he is as close as there has been in the National Basketball Association on the court to Jordan. Uh, Alexi Junius uh, is in many ways uh, emulating Barack Obama. Uh, by the way, Jamie Foxx does a very good Barack Obama. I got to tell you that, uh, and. Uh, and I'm, I was, here's another case. Okay, so Dan Brady, this is an opportunity for Republicans. And this underscores the point I've been making uh, all show. Dan Brady, in my humble opinion, should have just broken for MAGA. 
and uh, he should have denounced the January 6th insurrectionists. And you go, Ben, why bring that up? Because you want to distinguish yourself from MAGA. Every person I know in the city of Chicago who's not MAGA said they're just going to vote for somebody with a D next to their name because they're so offended by MAGA and they just don't trust any Republicans. That's where they're at right now. But what if Dan Brady had actually just said, I'm an Adam Kinzinger Republican? You know, what if he just really broken for, I think he would have prevailed, had a better chance. And I'm not the only, Jim Durkin is saying this in these interviews. Sounds like Ben Jarofsky, poor Durkin. <laughs> Nothing worse than that. So Alexi Genulius won. D, I, um, I um, uh, congratulate <laughs> him. Uh, good man. A hell of a basketball player. By the way, he's already put his transition team together. It's a bunch of corporate people on the train. Listen, they're great. Uh, he's already got that transition team together. The guy just won. You know what I mean? Uh, get me hit the ground running. You know, you one idea that he threw out there, I hope they do, which for some reason I don't think they'll ever do, is you can make appointments to go get your uh, driver's Right. Uh, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy when you hear ideas nowadays? Like, oh wow, yeah, that's what that they're doing. They have ideas. Oh, cool. Like you never yeah. hear. They just like trashing other people. It's like, know, oh, that's, cool. I, that's ideas. Good, don't you think that's a good idea? Yeah. Like, instead of just, you know, the whole the old line. Well, I I, I can't do anything this entire day because I'll be at the motor vehicle facility. Yeah, the DMV you know? sucks. <laughs> like ideas to make it better. Oh man, this Obama sounding feller ain't bad. <laughs> no. Uh, Alexi, if you do that, if you pull that off, you're f- he has another one looking at that Richard Durbin seat. I am. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> he's looking for that Richard Durbin. Oh. And uh, again, it'll be a very difficult campaign uh, like Lauren Underwood. Uh, yeah. And Alexi, thank you so much for the content. I appreciate it, man. Like you really do sound like Obama. Uh, I want to say you're welcome, D. Um, Alexi, yeah. So, congratulations, Alexi. Uh, he ran, and just to, to remind everybody, he already ran for senator. He remember he ran uh, to replace Obama when Obama was elected president. So, I got a feeling to quote uh, the Beatles. He's got his eye on higher office. All right. Well, it is probably going to be the last time we play a clip from this guy. Uh, Alexi, your job's pretty boring, dude. I don't see too many DMV updates coming up on the show anytime. So as a farewell, I guess, for all the Alexi Janulius content, let's play Barack Obama and Alexi Janulius at the same time. After a long journey. Is anyone out there? That started over two years ago, speaking to thousands of you over the course of several months on Zoom. That's pretty trippy. (laughs) All right. Finally, you've waited long enough. Our Illinois gubernatorial election. The battle of the big fellers. (laughs) Now, at first, it seemed like an easy victory for our Democratic big feller. But then, actually, well, there's no but then. It was a pretty easy victory for J.B. Pritzker. 54% of the vote to Republican uh, Republican challenger, the other big feller, Darren Bailey's 43%. Apparently, it was a wrap as soon as the polls closed. Ben Jarofsky, how are we feeling about four more years of J.B. Pritzker? Well, I hope it's four more years. Uh, you know, because he's already talking about, there's already he's allowing the talk to emerge about him running in 2024, which, by the way, Dr. D was predicting a year ago. True. So Facts. Uh, I, uh, I hope he, uh, uh, first of all, I, 
I want Biden to run for re-election. Whoa, whoa, just got kicked out of the, the lefty wing. Get out of here. Well, maybe you should walk. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, walk. Don't go too fast, Joe. Uh, but uh, the, I still can't get over, and I will never understand how they could have predicted, called him the winner one minute after the polls closed. I... I'm like, guys, could you just for the sake of making it look good, wait like a half an hour, some votes to come in? So, uh, yeah, it was a slam dunk. Uh, In retrospect, why should we have thought it would be anything other than what it was? Uh, We were clearly at a couple points influenced by Republican propaganda uh, and typical Democratic anxiety. But um, the, the it indicated two things. One D uh, a Democrat who's a billionaire uh, got a lot of assets and, but JB Pritzker, it's time we recognize it is a very good politician. He's good at this game and that he has skills that are very important skills. He shows empathy. Uh, he is able he's, he can ha- uh, handle difficult questions with a little duck and a dodge. And, um, He's got a sense of humor and he's got a lot of money. So all those things together will get you far uh, in politics. And he's closer to where I am politically speaking than pretty much any other governor in, in the country that I can think of at the moment. Uh, and he, he, I don't know. He doesn't, I guess cause he's a big feller. There's just like a humanity about him. I know a lot of people, D, that were like whispering to me, like, uh, no man that heavy can get elected. You know, like, the, the, the mindset of people in politics is so weird and twisted, you know? It's like, and I'm, I don't know, man. I know a lot of people struggle with their weight. A lot of people do. You know, for every Brad Pitt, there's like 10 people struggling with their weight. So to me, it just. I mean, humanizes them in a lot of ways. So, uh, congratulations, JB Pritzker. I thought I think he'd done a great job. This is me speaking. I think he did a really great job these first four years. Not perfect. Got to work on that reefer stuff. Come on, let's get working on that reefer stuff. <laughs> let's get some black people some licenses. All right, that was supposed to be number one objective when we legalize reefer, at least in my book. But overall, uh, I give you high grades. So congratulations, young man. You're younger than me, so I get to call you young man. Uh, You did a great job, and uh, you got reelected with 54% of the vote. Wow. And by the way, there's entrenched hatred for the guy that Dennis and I know. Back, We talked about this a lot on the show. There's just like a faction in Illinois that would never vote for him no matter what he did. Yeah. (laughs) And that's that 43% that whoever runs, I could run as MAGA. MAGA. (laughs) Can you imagine me running MAGA Ben? I am not campaigning. I'm just going to put my name on the ballot. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to fundraise. I'm not going to air a commercial. I'm not going to go to any appearance at all. I'm just going to put my name on the ballot. I'm going to call myself MAGA Ben. I bet I get forty three percent of the vote against JB Pritzker. <laughs> Who's MAGA Ben? I'll, I'll go with him. <laughs> ben MAGA Ben, I like him. MAGA Ben. All right. Uh, so I have some audio here. Uh, first, well, let's hear the concession speech from 
the big feller. I hope I hope this is not the last we hear of Darren Bailey. I gotta say, two and a half, three years of great content. Let's hear from Darren Bailey. I may not be going to Springfield as your next governor, but I will never stop fighting for you. We love you. Sir. We love you. you hear that guy? I will never stop listening to your voices. I can't. My family depends on it. I just spoke to Governor Pritzker and congratulated on his win tonight. The challenges are many. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to do what I always have done. What Americans always have done. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to go back to work. My priorities... My priorities will continue to be the things that unite us. Protecting our freedoms, bringing jobs to our state, and safety to our streets. Republicans need to be the loyal opposition in Springfield. Loyal to our state. Loyal to our country. Loyal to our Constitution. But in opposition to the radical policies of the Democrats. Uh, by the way, were you at that thing? I swear to God, I heard baby Denise in the background. <laughs> go, oh, go. go. Confession time. <laughs> Dennis. Oh, it's hilarious. You've been out at D. You were there. <laughs> you brought your poor daughter. Uh, so let me say, uh, we're gonna. I'm going to end on a positive note for MAGA. That was a concession. You know, that's an important first step. Remember Donnie Trump? He still hasn't conceded. Still says he lost. He won the election that he lost. So I do. I think it's an important first step that when Republicans lose an election, they concede that they've lost and magnanimously congratulate the victor. And then you can go on and say, you know, your 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 talking points. Uh, you're going to be uh, battling them in Springfield. You know, nothing's changed on that front. But at least you conceded. So in that regards, it is more of a triumph, I think, for the state of Illinois, where the losing party actually conceded. Now, there's a little doubt, you know? I, I think that's Darren Bailey's way of indicating that even if he is a MAGA man, he's not 100% MAGA man. And at least he knows that when you lose you must concede that you lost instead of saying the election was stolen. Fake election. Which is frankly <laughs> fake election. Fake name. Frankly. <laughs> and I love the frankly. All right, let's bring in the closer. Face coverings. Oh, <laughs> yes, a successful night for the one and only big feller, J.B. Pritzker. I have some audio. Let's check it out. Four years ago, I told you that we would think big, that we'd write a new playbook, that we would put government back on the side of working families, that we would be bold, and we didn't waste any time. We raised the minimum wage to a livable wage. We guaranteed a woman's right to choose. And we legalized cannabis. Oh, hey now. 
filthy potheads in the crowd. <laughs> Legalized cannabis is on that list. Oh my God. <laughs> <I didn't> re- <laughs> uh, yeah, illegalized cannabis. Oh, man, you hear all those potheads in the crowd. Yeah! yeah! Come Get on! Free bird! <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then there, was, then there was this awesome moment. I love you too. <laughs> that was a happy. <laughs> you hear that guy though? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I heard that was you. That was you. You were in the. <laughs> no, by then I was going, I love you, Steve Karnacki. Because it was about that time that I discovered Steve Karnacki. Where have you been all my life, Steve Karnacki? All right, here we go. And don't claim that the Republican Party is being labeled unfairly. Because here we are, two years into cleaning up the wreckage of Donald Trump's presidency. Poised to watch this man announce his return to national politics within days. Talk about pot again! You know why? Because GOP politicians, with the exception of only a few souls, are too cowardly too simpering to support the best interests of the nation because they're afraid of being called insulting nicknames by a whiny bully. Whoa, JP. Big, powerful punch. And that's why uh, Dems throughout the country are excited because he spoke more forcefully and more uh, eloquently than Joe Biden will ever speak. And so get rid of Biden, put him in. And, you know, guys, this anti-Biden thing, I got news for you. Let's say JB uh, were the president. They'd be ripping him, too. Well, it's kind of like when my grandma would let me use her car when I was like 16. I'd be embarrassed, but they'd be like, hey, that thing works, doesn't it? (laughs) Drive it. Like, all right, whatever. Then I go drive the thing. I'm embarrassed, but I mean, I. I get to where it works. Yeah. I mean, he, that's a, actually a good analogy. Gosh, should I steal that and not give you any credit? I'm thinking of it. Hmm, it's 50 50. Uh, but that is a very good analogy because there's something embarrassing for Democrats about Joe Biden. You know, he's like moving slow and you never know where he's going to go once he starts talking. Uh oh. You know, but uh, hey, guys, just want to remind you. Uh, I hate to say this, but he did a lot better with the midterms, his first midterm, than your hero Barack Obama did. Just saying, Dems. Joey B did a lot better than Barack Obama. Now, I know you guys, there's a cult of Obama in the Democratic Party, and there will never be a cult of Biden, but I'm just pointing that out. Like Isn't you- that fair to point out, D? He did a lot better than Barack Obama. Yeah. You know? Like when, so, when my mom would give me Payless shoes. They're like, oh, man, these shoes? Like, hey, they're shoes. They work, don't they? Put them on and go. Like, okay, you're right. They do work. They do work. They cover your feet. Okay? <laughs> that is true. They will cover your feet. All right, everybody. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com or, or, or forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A-V is in victory, S-K-Y, or wherever you download your favorite podcast. Ben, who do we have on deck for the weekend bonus lineup? David Ferris, David Ferris, check him out. He is on a he 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 was just like, can, can I just start talking? Yeah, just start talking. Uh, took a deep dive on the elections. A lot of talk about redistricting. Talk about Republicans in Ohio versus Democrats in New York. If you really want to be knowledgeable, if you want to know uh, what's going on in our country, 
All right. Politically speaking, it really, I just can't recommend listening to David. The guy is really smart. Uh, and uh, he also has a good sense of humor. So we had a lot of fun with it uh, talking about uh, the midterm elections. Uh, so David Ferris drops tomorrow. Andrea Bauer uh, drops on Sunday. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, the future for abortion rights in the state of Illinois. And I may have a surprise on Monday. May have a surprise. We're calling it the Monday surprise. Whoa. Yes. So that's uh, the show uh, for uh, the weekend ahead. And I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. What a great job he did. And is about the only thing, the only thing that J.B. Pritzker and D.B. Darren Bailey agree on is that back on Penalton, they call him Dr. D. And the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. Peace.